Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down and also to our LISC discussion. John Ray, once again, is our very special guest. And to me, this guy is a heroic figure. He is. Uh, he has to be one of the most frustrated men in in the history of the world over the last ten years. He is the he is the attorney for the Gilbert family, and he is uh, one of the few people out there banging the bushes, doing what he can to get any kind of information. And one of the few people in this world who has heard the the nine one one tapes. And uh, again, uh, just a tremendous amount of information. John Ray, how are you? Oh, fine, thank you. Well, uh, let me let me talk to you about a very specific character. Let's uh, let's let's zone in on a certain character, and his name has come up again because there's missing people down where he lives. And again. Uh, we're not going to jump to conclusions and say, "Hey, you know, this is him. This is uh, th- this is a this is a pattern here." But let me ask you about Doctor C. Peter Hackett and uh, what we know about Doctor Hackett. We know. Uh, well, actually, give us give us his history, if you don't mind. Give us his background. Where did this guy come from? We know he faked a heart attack or whatever the hell that was on camera. It was bizarre. Tell us a little something about Peter Hackett. Okay. Uh, Peter Hackett is a an osteopath um, <clears throat> who worked in emergency rooms over the course of years and then apparently through some political connection, got himself appointed as the head of emergency medical services for Suffolk County and uh, also as the official police surgeon, which gave him a badge and a uniform uh, and a a radio, a police radio. Uh, So he had, that's that's his background, effectively. Was not to not to cut you off, but was that a paid position? Was it an honorary position? Uh, what was Hackett's uh, capacity uh, when all of this uh, this began? I believe he, he certainly was paid for being the head of emergency medical services. Um, whether he was paid for the police surgeon work, I don't know. You know what I could find out. You know because I I always uh, like follow the trail. Like who made this guy? Who you know who was their rabbi? Who was their godfather? Who was their political person? And and as a political person, it's it's a, it's a common question to to ask. And what I could find out in and you know going from the time frame of when this all happened, he he lives next door. He lived at the time, next door to the former uh, county executive, Pat Halpin. And uh, is that that accurate from what you know? They lived on the same block. Uh, That much I know. Now, who have you heard anything positive about uh, about Peter Hackett? Uh, He obviously has people that are supportive of him inside, inside the police department. I know Jimmy Burke, uh, from everything I heard, was very fond of him. I know for a fact that Bobby Strickoff, that's the, the best friend to to Steve Ballone and his childhood friend, uh, he all but idolized him. He told me he's one of the great men you'll ever meet, and uh, he ranted and raved at the California diner about him. Uh, but other than 
these uh, highly connected people. Have you heard anything good about Peter Hackett? I have never heard a good thing about Peter Hackett except from his wife. Uh, what, give us that. What did his wife say about him? His wife went on national television and uh, Good Morning America and said that the only thing Peter ever did wrong was to come home late for dinner. That was her quote. No, well, it's uh, it, it's it's good to know that he's uh, you know he's uh, just his only problem seems to be punctuality uh, from from time to time. I, let's get a little bit of a, the history and what his involvement was. And when I say his involvement, I, I'm I'm talking about why why is he connected? Why do we know him to be connected to the list uh, situation? And why do we know him to be connected um, in uh, verbal? And and you know certainly, certainly uh, um, a, a lot of other trails uh, involved with the Shannon Gilbert disappearance. Uh, what happened? And give us that history. Yeah, Peter Hackett involved himself, inserted himself into the Shannon Gilbert disappearance right away, right after she disappeared. He uh, he told uh, Shannon's boyfriend. Alex Diaz and her driver, Michael Pack, that uh, Shannon is going to float up in uh, the Great South Bay, where he said he has seen other bodies float up. And he told them that right after they came looking for Shannon, when she was only gone for a day. So why would anybody assume that she's dead and, and going to float up anywhere? But that's what he did. He was taunting them. Um, that's what he does. He's a very subtle guy. Amazing that someone, uh, anyone, would would make that kind of comment soon after a woman went uh, went disappeared, you know, and went missing, and to be that flippant about it. I mean, it sounds flippant, right? I mean, this was a uh, this you mentioned the word taunting. Um, this is something I've heard Peter Hackett do. In other situations, and allegedly he has taunted others uh, in in some of the most serious circumstances. Uh, give us any example that you've heard of that uh, that Peter Hackett, uh, who a medical doctor, right? Medical doctor um, would be taunting. He, he called Mary Gilbert two days after Shannon disappeared. Shannon disappeared on a Saturday, May 1st, 2010. He called Mary Gilbert on May 3rd. Uh, at her home up in Ellenville, New York. He never knew Mary, never heard of her apparently, and told her that Shannon was basically a prostitute and was uh, in need of going into a home for wayward girls, which he ran. Uh, we know of no home for wayward girls that he ever ran, except there's a bunch of girls dead along Ocean Parkway. And metaphorically, that may have been what he's referring to. I don't know. But... Um, there's no reason in the world to do that. And the, the only reason given by the police is that he's a bizarre character and therefore has to be discredited and disregarded. That is exactly the opposite of what ought to happen when you have this kind of evidence. But look, the evidence is overwhelming of his involvement in this case. It's not even close. Um, you know, we've gathered a plethora of evidence, both testimony, statements, uh, physical evidence that points all of it to Peter Hackett. All of it, bar none. Uh, for example, he testified that um, he concluded that Shannon fell on her head as she ran away from Joe Brewer's house 
and had intracranial bleeding. And this is what caused her uh, in a drug-induced state to run into the marsh and die. That's what he said. He said he concluded that within just several days after she disappeared. That same week after she disappeared, he drew that conclusion. His wife testified to the same conclusion. Yet, since they believed that Shannon was in the marsh, never once did they ever communicate with Pac or Diaz or anybody else to say, or the police to say, Shannon is likely in the marsh. He has a house that, that, that abuts the marsh and a big deck up on top where he could look into the marsh exactly where Shannon was found. You could see it from his deck. Um, he never went up on that deck. He never once went to the marsh. And he testified he didn't know why he didn't do that. He also <clears throat> testified it was his mission, quote unquote, to find Shannon right away. And in his mission, he did not protect the tapes of the um, cars going in and out at the booth uh, for the entrance, exit of the community. He let them either get taped over or he taped them over himself. He was in charge of the tapes. He also, uh, this man who had a mission to find Shannon, never once called Shannon Gilbert's phone. Any of her phones. Never once. Why not? If you're looking for her, she's missing for only a day or so. There's a real chance that she put her phone on after it had been apparently turned off. He never called. Why not? Because he already knew where she was. That's why. What other conclusion can you draw from that kind of evidence? That's just some of it. The other evidence is overwhelming. The police bought into a spin story from Hackett and his very close friends in that community who protected him with a fake story about what happened to Shannon on that morning. Hackett claimed that he didn't wake up that morning until 10 a.m. He was asleep since uh, 2 a.m. the night before. He claimed that he was asleep actually at 10, was waking, awoken by his, uh, his son. Or, or, I think he said, his, I forget, his wife said they changed. But the daughter came in, kissed him, and woke him up at exactly 2 o'clock. And he happened to look at the clock, he said, when that happened. His wife made a similar testimony. He then claimed that he went back to sleep and didn't wake up until 10 a.m. when his 18-year-old daughter came into his bedroom and bounced on his bed to wake him up. That was his testimony. His daughter testified, however, that she saw Hackett at 6.30 in the morning having coffee at the table. So it can't be true. His story cannot be true by his own family's testimony. His wife, likewise, had a, had a, a very fungible testimony about what she saw that morning. These are just some of the facts. Fact, there are others overwhelming. John, let me interrupt you just to remind folks who they're listening to. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, you're listening to our weekly discussion on Lisk, the Long Island serial killing. And you're listening to attorney John Ray. And <clears throat> look, 10 years after... Uh, and, and that's really where we are now, 10 years after Shannon Gilbert being discovered, the remains of Shannon B Gilbert being discovered on Oak Beach. And, uh, and again, uh, our focus today is Dr. Peter Hackett. And we're trying to uh, trying to figure out exactly 
how this guy has gotten away with what he's gotten away with. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, when they say a bizarre character and he should be disregarded, I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, basically, we've had two straight district attorneys. We had Tom Spoda and, uh, and you know, the involvement there from, from Jimmy Burke and, and also uh, Jimmy Burke being appointed by Steve Ballone um, to be the, uh, the police chief. And, and then after that, Tim Sinian, and in my, this is me speaking, it's not John, it's not the station, but in me speaking, two straight district attorneys that did not want to solve this case under any circumstances, and I have back in information to prove that, it's absolutely ridiculous, but Peter Hackett, again, uh, is, uh, is our our uh, focus today and and will be in in the future as well very frustrating i imagine john um again let me not put words in your mouth how frustrating is it to have all of this evidence and to have and it's not circumstantial evidence i mean you you have testimony from him you have you have depositions from uh, both uh, dr peter hackett and his wife and uh, and there's contradictory information in there there's information that they give that absolutely can't be true. Um, it, give us, give us your level of frustration with people when it when it comes to uh, Dr. Peter Hackett. I have no frustration level whatsoever. My job is to trace this thing using <laughs> evidence, evidence, always evidence. That's what I do. I am not frustrated in the least by the police behavior in this case. I am uh, skeptical of it, critical of it condemnatory of it for sure especially now when this uh lady demolo turns up in in uh, uh fort myers florida and that doesn't turn up but turns up having disappeared she looks like a twin of one of the four girls that are found in gilgo she could also be a twin of shannon same height weight size age and so on she's involved in apparently sex work and she had a criminal record way back she disappears and she does something that's fairly unique that was done as well by the two two at least two of the girls found uh in oak beach or found in gilgo beach she leaves behind her cell phone when she leaves and it's not found again and th th there's a commonality in that behavior uh why i don't know but this girl disappears and and peter hackett doesn't live three miles away from where she disappeared in the four freedoms park down in Fort Myers by the waterfront. Her her blouse was found by the waterfront edge. Peter Hackett has a predilection for waterfront edges. That's where he goes. And he went and tried to buy a boat recently um, down there. Uh, he, he went shopping. I have the evidence of that. And the question is why. It could be a neutral thing, but it could also be something else. In Hackett's case, there is a lot of neutral evidence that could also be inculpatory. There is no exculpatory evidence, none, except his personality. And if, if, if the police credit personality as the key factor to determine the guilt or innocence of somebody or the suspicion of somebody, that's the weakest form of evidence there is, is character witnessing. His character is, is the only issue that they use to determine he's not involved. That's ridiculous. And given the evidence that I had I, I, and I've provided it to them, it was really uh, shocking to me, uh, to put it mildly, when I learned of DeMolo from people in uh, Fort Myers who contacted me 
And uh, she was a very well-known character there with billboards up looking for her and so on. And I provided the information to uh, the lieutenant in charge of homicide in Suffolk County uh, dutifully and uh, told him, I thought, you know, I don't know, it seems coincidental, but it could also be, you know, something to look into, which is, I think, a rational position. Months later, I find out for the first time through uh, uh, Shalero, who's on your uh, uh, radio station, that the sheriff of uh, Lee County, where, where Fort Myers is, was never contacted, not once by the Suffolk County uh, police uh, lieutenant I gave them the information to. Now, only now, they come forward with a, they being the police in Suffolk County, with a very short paragraph saying that Hackett is absolutely not a suspect and should be disregarded. And what theory do they do that? Have they produced the dispositive evidence that Hackett is not, should not be a suspect? Of course not. They haven't. Amazing. Uh, you know, absolutely amazing. Once again, John Ray is the voice that you're hearing. If you're just tuning in or turning on your radios a little late, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, John Ray, attorney for the Gilbert family. And uh, he is, uh, you know, one of the few people around that is is actively trying to solve this case and and constantly coming up with uh, with evidence and uh, we applaud him for that Frank McKay here once again with attorney John Ray uh, John the 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 overall treatment that you've gotten from uh, from the Suffolk County PD uh, is it, it how how do you categorize it I mean is it something that that um, uh, that you care to categorize. Uh, what about the treatment from the the past two district attorneys? Uh, what kind of treatment have you gotten from both Spoda and and from Tim Sinney? I've been uh, you know ignored. Um, I don't feel resentment about that at all. I have no right as a private citizen to be um, credited by the police department. I have no right to insist upon that. I know that. But I do have all this evidence that they never looked at and that they refused to consider that I've gathered in a case which I brought in state Supreme Court. I mean, I'm a pro trial lawyer for 39 years. Uh, you know, I'm not just your average <coughs> sleuth that's on the internet. Okay? So I have all this evidence. I've given it to them and it's been uh, uniformly ignored. Uh, in fact, in one instance, the, uh, the detective sergeant in charge of the investigation took the book which, wherein I had made an analysis of over 300 of Hackett's documented lies under oath. Wife's, I don't recall over 100 and some odd times uh, in two hour or two and a half hour testimony. When I gave that and I analyzed it line by line for the police, they rejected the book and told my investigator uh, who was working with me, a former Suffolk County homicide uh, detective, uh, uh, Bill Mahoney, uh, John Ray will get those tapes over my dead body. So when I got the tapes, by working hard, I asked him if he was still alive, and he was. Um, so, you know, this is what I mean, this, this sort of approach. Um, I can tell you that I can't talk about what's on the tapes, but I can tell you based on the letter that the police department wrote to Newsday about the case in the beginning in 2012, which which was originally a letter they sent to me when I first came into the case. And then they published it in Newsday. They did. I didn't. 
when that letter came, um, uh, the the letter contained outright willful lies about what occurred that morning, in the early morning hours. And Gus Coletti, who has declared himself the best friend of Peter Hackett, he's now dead, um, Coletti. Gus Coletti did not tell the truth in front of the media on three different occasions. He changed his stories on significant points. Right. Hey, hey, John, keep yeah. your thought here, and, and let me ask you to stay with us. Frank McKay okay. here, so much more importantly, John Ray, attorney for the Gilbert family, the Shannon Gilbert family. Uh, we, are, we are talking 10 years after, roughly 10 years after the, the uh, not the disappearance, but 10 years after the the discovery of Shannon Gilbert's remains. And uh, we are here. Uh, you're listening to our LISC series. Frank McKay here. We're going to take a quick break. And and John is braving a, a cold. I'm I'm COVID po- positive, but uh, I'm, I'm on the mend, as people can hear. And if John will bear with us uh, for a little while longer, uh, we'll have more from John Ray right after this. We'll be back right after this with more from our list series breaking it down with frank mckay this is 1039 li news radio i'd like to welcome everyone back to breaking it down frank mckay here welcome everyone back uh, to our list series our discussion on list john ray is our our very special guest our subject our subject is dr peter hackett and he is someone who uh, just absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, has, I, I, in my mind, uh, humiliated himself with some kind of fake heart attack. I don't know what what he did. He he was asked by some documentarians about uh, about the missing. And actually, we'll clarify that with John. We're here with John Ray once again. Uh, he was asked about the the missing women sex workers on on gilgo and uh, basically instead of answering he clutched his chest and he fell to the ground and he had one of the most bizarre public appearances that uh, that i've i've ever seen in my life uh john welcome back and uh, could you address that and and clear you know clarify where i may be wrong uh, he was asked by uh by the the folks uh who were creating a documentary and uh, and they they asked him about this. Uh, it, so far, am I correct? Not exactly. Um, in, in general, yes. But what actually happened in particular was that some of the media were present at State Supreme Court in Riverhead when I took the third uh, one of Hackett's depositions. I took his depositions three times for over 22 hours. As he left the courthouse, one of the reporters, uh, who's a well-known Newsday reporter, approached him with with his uh, camera and asked him if uh, it's worth the effect i guess that, you know is he responsible for shannon gilbert's death that's what he, he he staged an absurd falling down uh on the ground and then jumping right back up and getting in his car and driving away after he clutched his t- his chest uh, you might note by the way it's kind of interesting that when he went down he's got a wooden leg or a, a, a prosthetic leg anyway when he goes down, he pops right back up. He's able to use that leg very well. An interesting fact. Um, uh, that's what happened in that instance. Who was the However, Newsday reporter? Uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, I forgot his last name. Uh, Jimmy. All right. Good. Well, Jimmy, we'll find that out. I'll find that out before next week. Uh, the 
Yeah, it, it just it, absolutely uh, amazing spectacle that was. And yeah, forgive me, right? That was uh, that that became part of the documentary, and right. and to me, and in, in so many ways, that that scene stood out as much as anything else. And it was it, just how absurd and how bizarre it was. Before we get back to uh, to that situation and, and before we get more into Hackett, let me ask you about the 911 tapes. I know you can't say what's on there. In your opinion, why should these 911 tapes not be uh, uh, listened to by the public? I mean, uh, why why isn't this a uh, a no-brainer and and people be allowed to hear this and what do they give you for a reason there can't be a good reason for for the public not to be allowed to hear the tapes here's why <coughs> the police have maintained all along that shannon disappeared as an accident and died accidentally so it's not a homicide investigation according to them yet if that's true there isn't a single reason in the world to keep the tapes from anybody it's a civil case yeah, they keep them and they fight me in court time and time and time again. I'm there again. Now that CD had said that the tape should be released to the public, I went to the court and said, Judge, the, the chief uh, enforcement, law enforcement officer agreed with me. Let me get the tapes released to the public. They fought it. They went into court in the fall of this year and still are fighting it, claiming that it's an open, active, ongoing criminal investigation in the same breath that they claim it's not. And in fact, the document that you have now that was sent by uh, one of the Suffolk County um, police agents to the Lee County Sheriff, wherein the Suffolk County takes the position that Shannon died of an accident and that there's no way she was killed, is completely back to where they were when they said there was no homicide. They've reverted right back to that. And, and it, that belief is based upon a series of absurd lies told by Packett and his friends to the police, which they've never questioned to this day. Gus Coletti was left alone by the police. Gus Coletti told three conflicting stories about what happened when Shannon approached his, uh, his house, and he was on national television in doing that. You see, what happens is Hackett and his, his cohorts have a need to prove that she died by accident. How can you make that absurd claim when she's, you know, running away? We all know she's saying they tried to kill me. That's public knowledge. And, um, you know, she does end up dead. So so how do they spin this? How do they spin it as uh, and find a way to make the utterly implausible plausible? And what they have to do is say she fell on her head. Is there any evidence she fell on her head? Ask the police department. I think they'll tell you what the truth is. All right. Then they say, well, because she fell on her head, she had intracranial bleeding. Did anybody test that? Of course not. And then that she ran confusedly into the marsh while she was on drugs. There's not a scintilla of evidence that Shannon was on drugs that night. None. And uh, uh, that she ran into a marsh that is almost impossible to traverse and ends up going all the way across the marsh with her clothes off, that she takes off in the marsh. It's absurd. So they want you to believe the absurd in order to uh, justify the fact that she is not a suspect, uh, not a victim, rather, in the case, and that there's no suspect. Yet, at the same time, they block me from releasing the tapes to the people. There isn't any reason for that. There isn't any good reason for that. It's impossible.
Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, John Ray, attorney John Ray, is our very special guest. And we're talking 10 years after, 10 years after the death of Shannon Gilbert and, and specifically, more specifically, and closer to exactly 10 years after the remains of Shannon Gilbert was uh, were found on Oak Beach and uh, just absolutely, uh, you know, absolutely amazing case that has gotten nowhere in 10 years. Uh, and uh, again, Frank McKay here with John Ray. John, it, when I said uh, frustrated, uh, I didn't mean discouraged, if that's what you thought I meant, you know, and when I asked you if you were frustrated, I'm frustrated and I've just got here, relatively speaking, compared to where where you've been and your your active um, involvement in this situation, uh, you know, I've been uh, reporting on it for you know since 2017. But prior to that, I've been questioning it since 2013, and uh, and I have I have been screaming, especially screaming this last uh, you know this last year, cover up and and certainly uh, you know going back to 2017 cover up, and not a single person has ever said to me, not a single official person, and I'm talking about everyone from Spoda to to Cine, to Balone, to uh, to all of these different folks. They all know I've screamed cover-up, and I have mutual friends with them. I've known all of these people. I've had dialogue with these people. Not a single person has said to me, Burke, another one, you know, I, I've had dialogue with him on this, uh, on this case. Not a single person has ever said to me, there's no cover-up. Is it, nobody has said to me there's no cover up. I I don't you know I don't understand how anyone could think there's anything but a cover up on this. I mean nothing has been done. The belt and and again you know you and I have this discussion and we talked about uh, the belt and and whatever. I mean I don't even want to waste time here talking about the belt because to me it was uh, it was absolutely it was so completely ridiculous. Let me. Let me go to this, and you can't share, I know you can't share the transcripts of the deposition for uh, from Hackett and his wife, but can you, could you tell us anything about those, those depositions? Uh, can you give us any information that, uh, that came off of that, or is that uh, all um, uh, off limits? It belongs in the case, uh, whatever documents there are in the case, they're, they're there, including the transcripts. But when all is said and done, there's it, 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 no possible explanation rationally for what Hackett did, except that he did something wrong. There isn't, and his wife is helping him. I I don't say that I don't know that the police are engaged in a cover up. You 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 believe that, and you have your good reasons. I don't care about that one way or the other. That to my mind, I'm interested in getting to the solution. I'm not looking to prove the police are jerks, All right? They, they, you know, I'm not either. You know, I'm I'm with the cops. You know, but uh, obviously there's there's a uh, lot there's a uh, lot going on here. Yeah, and and whatever their reasons are, I, it's not for me to say. I'm not investigating that end of it, but I do know that they have completely ignored substantial, poignant evidence over and over and over again. They haven't. They haven't uh, talked to witnesses uh, who were involved, witnesses who, for example, saw Shannon Gilbert that morning. 
They haven't even talked to them, interviewed them, taken notes on them, none. Uh, when, when Peter Hackett called on Monday to Ellenville on May 3rd, 2010, to Mary Gilbert, he called again on Thursday, I believe, uh, the following that, and called Mary again and, and made a similar speech. He denied that he ever did either one of those calls until he was caught and confronted with the records. Then he admitted he made those calls. Isn't that, you know, there's a, there's a saying from the Bible, from Proverbs 28, uh, uh, verse 1, uh, the guilty flee when none pursue. And uh, that's what, what's going on here. You know, he, he's making up stories. For, for example, he made the second call from a, uh, a place in New Jersey. He was in New Jersey where Shannon lived. He denied that he was there until I confronted him with his record. And then he said he couldn't explain why he was in New Jersey. That doesn't make any sense. Less than a week after she disappears, there's much more to investigate. Uh, Detective Cesar Camacho of the Jersey City Missing Persons Bureau, a died-in-the-world detective in the city of Jersey City for many years, had Hackett as his chief suspect, and he was told to stand down. Right, just as Nassau County Police Department was told to stand down as to two of the bodies that were found over the Nassau County line, just as the FBI was told to stand down. I don't know what you do with that evidence, but that evidence occurred. John Ray, once again, is our very special guest, uh, attorney for the Gilbert family, and he has been uh, so actively investigating this for the for the longest time and for well, the longest time, we've only we've only been at it for a decade, and uh, and and it's a very finite time. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, John Ray is our very special guest. John, you touched on the the tapes at the the entranceway to the private section of of Oak Beach. Uh, give us a little more information, and, and what would Hackett have to do with any of that? There's a booth at the entrance exit of. Uh the Oak Beach Association, the booth has uh, cameras in it and film people going in and out. So you can see which cars, you can see the license plate, you can see the people in the cars. Peter Hackett denied that he was in charge of those tapes. He said some young boy who he couldn't remember was in charge of the tapes at that time. And when Peter Hackett was the president or vice president, I forget which, of the association, couldn't remember this kid's name. He claimed he was in charge of the tapes. However, a good friend of his uh, named Sirota who lived in the community is now passed away. So wrote it, I took his testimony and he testified that several weeks before the tapes, uh, before May 1st, uh, 2010, the tapes were turned over and the management of them were tape turned over by him, by Sirota, to Peter Hackett. So we have irrefutable uh, testimony that Hackett had those tapes. And Hackett himself testified that he knew the importance of those tapes and yet he didn't preserve those tapes. Why not? Amazing, uh, yeah, just uh, absolutely amazing. Um, the The tapes were erased. The tapes were destroyed. The tapes were lost. Uh, how do you How do you character characterize what happened to the tapes of the people going in and out that night? We don't know how it it, it, it uh, ended up being erased. We don't know whether it was erased by being taped over, as Mrs. Hackett has suggested, or whether whether Peter Hackett taped it over deliberately. We don't know. We don't. We have no evidence either way. Uh, characterize Mrs. Hackett for us, uh, Dr. Hackett's wife. Uh, what's her name? Do you have her first name? Barbara Hackett. Barbara Hackett. Okay. So uh, give us a characterization, your characterization of Barbara Hackett, and uh, and what can you tell us about her? 
she, well, she, she went on national television uh, to make herself a public figure in defending her husband claiming that he didn't do anything wrong. And she, uh, by the way, is the author of two letters that were sent to uh, 48 Hours by Hackett, uh, wherein Hackett denied ever making those phone calls. And she wrote those letters according to Hackett's testimony. Or he, he, they both did, but he, she, she seems to be the author. And um, so she's played a very active role in this case. According to Joe Brewer, uh, the next day, Sunday, May 2nd, um, Hackett miraculously shows up unannounced at the gate in the morning when uh, Michael Pack, uh, I'm sorry, when Bru uh, Diaz, Alex Diaz, the boyfriend, comes looking for his girlfriend. And Hackett is there waiting. And Hackett gets out of his car. Brewer happens to be there as well. Um, and Hackett confronts uh, Diaz and asks him all kinds of questions and pretends he's writing it all down and uh, that he's going to bring in police helicopters, he's going to bring in dogs to search for Shannon. All this while, Barbara Hackett sat in that car. She was there and stared with a gleam, uh, according to Brewer, that he cannot forget at him. Yeah. So she, somehow, I don't know how, she certainly inserts herself into it. Barbara Hackett. Again, our subject today is Dr. Peter Hackett. Ten years after, ten years after the, the remains of Shannon Gilbert were found, and uh, again, John Ray, uh, attorney for for the Shannon Gilbert family, and uh, just uh, you know, an absolute um, I, you know, for me, one of the most frustrating situations that you can come across. Uh, once again, in uh, in in the news, or at least in in discussions now, uh, Dr. Peter Hackett. Is uh, it lives three miles, three miles uh, away from where a uh, another woman who is believed to be a sex worker has gone missing, and uh, and to me, uh, it, it just it, it's it's an unbelievable coincidence. There's a lot of coincidences here, and when you when you get into uh, you know the word coincidence, uh, you know you, you could look up. Uh, in the dictionary, and, and you may as well find Dr. Peter Hackett's name right next to it. His, his picture is unbelievably connected to, uh, to he's either Zelig, uh, the unluckiest man in the, in the world, maybe the luckiest man in the world, but uh, to, to think that he has no involvement in Lisk in, in the Long Island serial killing, uh, at least from a cover-up standpoint or, or as an active participant, it would be the most ridiculous assumption uh, of all time. Frank McKay here, a couple moments left with John Ray. Uh, John, uh, give us a give us a um, a final word on on Peter Hackett. Uh, where does he stand now? We know he's in Fort Myers. Um, what uh, what is your contact with him, if anything? Have you tried to make contact with him? Have you? Uh, no, I have nothing. Right, no reach out. Nope. No, none whatsoever. Remember, I'm, I'm, I'm in a case, civil case, so um, I, I don't do that. But, what, what is the civil case? What, uh, when is the return date or when the next return date? Uh, what's, uh, what's the status? Uh, the, his, his attorney, Hackett's attorney, O'Rourke, 
made a motion to dismiss our case because our evidence is circumstantial. He's right. It's circumstantial. Uh, we don't have Hackett strangling her or, 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 you know, shooting her up with drugs directly in any way. We have people who say he said that. And we have other circumstantial evidence that's very strong. Cases can be proven on basis of circumstantial evidence alone. So he's moving to throw it out. I'm moving to fight it and keep it in court, and we'll see what happens. Who's the judge in the case? Uh, judge Martha Luft, a good judge. Yeah, and uh, and I should uh, I should let everyone know that uh, Jim O'Rourke, who I know uh, you know very well, uh, is Tom Spoda, the former DA's former law partner and very close friend. Um, he was there during the uh, the sentencing and uh, big time uh, criminal defense, uh, uh, you know, attorney. But uh, it's uh, he's also the attorney for Jimmy Burke and has been for a very long time. And, uh, you know, so Jim O'Rourke is handling Dr. Peter Hackett. Uh, amazing. Uh, Frank McKay here. John Ray, I want to thank you. Uh, we need to do a part three, part four, part whatever. Um and and before I let everyone go, Merry Christmas on, on a very dark note here. We're talking about uh, the Long Island serial killing, but a Merry Christmas to everyone coming up to you too, John. And uh, John, thank you very much for being here. No, my pleasure. John Ray, uh, attorney for the Gilbert family. And uh, it just he, he's done uh, exceptional work here. Our discussion today has been Dr. Peter Hackett. And he is uh, he is back in discussions uh, once again. He is in Fort Myers, Florida, and he happens to live three miles away from where uh, a, a an, another sex worker has gone missing. And uh, again, uh, uh, we don't know what that means, but uh, let me just tell you, it, it is a uh, it, it is one hell of a coincidence, uh, like everything else that has been involved with Dr. Peter Hackett's. Uh, life uh, ever since we found out about Lisk and the Long Island serial killing. Frank McKay signing off. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. And we'll see you all next week on our Lisk series. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. Breaking It Down.